0: welcome to street knowledge with chris graham
1: welcome to the show talking nascar news uh season in review chris graham and rod Mullins, and uh boy uh so i, I said this rod on uh, our last couple of podcasts can't believe, in, in some ways can't believe that the season's over it just seems like yesterday we were talking about the race in california as they were getting ready to head to daytona and you know getting getting everybody flared up and ready to go and and here we have a champion. Now we've we've gone through a season. We've had uh, you know ups and downs. Chase Elliott, one of the downs. Uh, we've had guys retiring, guys moving uh, truck, or, or, or excuse me, uh, uh, you know, just teams, everything else. Where do right. we start with a season in review? I guess more than anything else, we
0: probably mm-hmm. start with. To me, I think is the big fall. And I I say that honestly. You mentioned about Chase Elliott. I I think that was probably the biggest surprise. Um, It opened up a can of worms, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, It opened up a can of worms in regard to the fact that uh, should NASCAR drivers do things in their off time away from the track, that could very well jeopardize their season. And I'm sure as Chase Elliott looks back on this right now, he's probably thinking to himself, why did I go snowboarding, you know, and even though I had the opportunity to go do it, why did I do it? Because, you know, you have to be, hate to say it in this kind of way, you have to kind of expect the unexpected at times. Be prepared for things. You have to be prepared, and that goes back to that old Boy Scout motto tip, you know, over and over. You need to be prepared for things. Expect the unexpected when you're out on the track. Expect the unexpected when you're out on the highway, I mean, these are all things that I believe Chase Elliott has learned from, and it was probably his best chance, I think, this year to compete for a championship, but it just didn't happen. I mean, even though that uh, Hendrick ended up, I think the Chevrolet won the manufacturer's award and so forth out of it, it still is a sore spot, I think, uh, for that team, for Hendrick, uh,
1: and especially for Chase Elliott this past year. Uh, It just hurt. It hurt a lot. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, a guy that's always in the mix, uh, you know, not even in the playoffs this year. Bubba Wallace makes the playoffs. How important was that for his career? I mean, he, you know, I I think going into the season, he this was a make or break season for him. I mean, obviously he didn't win the championship, but he got he made the playoffs, advanced around. Um, I think he kind of needed to do that to, you know, kind of maintain his spot. Um, maybe he's not a top tier driver, but he's at least in the top tier conversation. He had to, he had to he had to do what he did to be able to you know kind of stay in that mix.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, it was one of those seasons where I think there was a lot riding on the line for him, and I think there were a lot of people, <laughs> even his sharpest critics, were saying, you know, Bubba Wallace is supposed to be this great driver that we've seen on short tracks and so forth, and his rise up from you know, truck series and, and so forth and coming into Xfinity and racing late model series and and different things. Uh, but, you know, he hadn't quite gotten over that bubble. He hadn't quite gotten off of that bubble, so to speak. It was almost like he was in a in a safe zone. And then it was, you know, here you are, you're faced with making the playoffs and, you know, you either get better or you get worse as the season goes on. And that team improved. I think that team improved a lot. I think they learned a lot more about each other more so than it was Bubba learning about the crew. I think they both learned about each other a whole lot., uh, but you know, when you've got Michael Jordan signing your checks, and I bring this up again, uh Michael Jordan is going to put some pressure on you. uh you know, it didn't it definitely didn't work with the the Bobcats slash hornets and everything when he had though when he had that team but i think it mattered especially to bubba wallace and whether it be because of color i don't know what but i think it put some pressure on him that hey it's time for me to show something and you know fight against you know whatever has been the the thought before that we can't drive now the next step is okay now that we've got an african american who has made the playoffs in nascar let's see what we can do about getting a female in a car and making the playoffs. That's going to be the next step. I think NASCAR is going to have to uh, look at and see who is viable getting into that kind of position. But for, for Bubba Wallace, yeah, it was make or break this year. And I think there were a lot of eyes on him focusing on the negative more so than what he was capable of accomplishing. Um, does he still rub the media raw the wrong way? Yes, he does. He still rubs other competitors the wrong way. But he goes out. He is, at least I have to say this, he's been consistent,
1: and that's what got him into the playoffs this year. So outside of Chase Elliott, who his his not making the playoffs was self-inflicted. You talked about the snowboarding. he missed several races. That's the main reason he missed the playoffs. So outside of a guy missing a bunch of races to miss the playoffs, who do you think was the biggest disappointment this year who had a lot more expected, maybe made the playoffs, just didn't advance very far, maybe didn't make the playoffs. However you want to quantify that, how, who, who do you think would qualify as the biggest disappointment?
0: I'll give you one. And it kind of stands out with me as Kyle Bush, Kyle Bush set the woods on fire coming out of the gate. Um, You know, won his first race, uh, gosh, what three or four races into the season or something pulled off a, a race win. Uh, things looked good there for a while with Richard Childress racing. And then we saw what appeared to be, I don't know if it was as much Kyle Bush, as much as it was the team, whatever, we didn't get this, uh, thing in the media that Kyle Bush was at odds with his crew chief, or he was at odds with his crew whatsoever. Um, I think they were all on the same page. Um, I think what we got was the fact of, well, we've the newness is kind of worn off. So now let's just see what we can do the rest of the way and I think they did enough that got them into the playoffs there in that first in that first round of the 16. But then after that they just kind of faded pretty quickly after that. Um this year coming up for 2024 is going to be a make or break year for Kyle Bush. I think he has to go out and he has to definitely uh, set the track on fire with what he's capable of doing, and I think it's gonna. We're gonna see an obvious step up by Richard Childress Racing to try to put him back uh, to that pedestal once. And I, I hate to say this, folks, once held by Dale Earnhardt, uh, they're gonna try to put him to that pedestal again. They're gonna try to put him up there to that pedestal because I think Kyle Busch is a very, very good race car driver, no doubt about it. Um, it's just the fact of what he's had the past couple of years this year, it was daylight compared to dark last year when he was running for Joe Gibbs racing and, and did not have a good, uh, good season altogether. So I think it's a, uh, it's a make or break year for him, but that was the disappointment for me this year it was Kyle Busch, um, really just setting it on fire at first and then just kind of fading off like an ember floating up into the sky. It just kind of burn out after a while and he kind of. Floated back down to earth after that. So it just it just
1: didn't materialize the way you'd hoped. On the flip side, biggest positive surprise in 2023? Mm, that's a good one right there. Biggest that's hard.
0: There's, a, there's a lot of guys you can go to there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of guys with that. Um, I really have to say that Christopher Bell was another positive thing for the sport this past season. Um, he hung right in there, was in the playoffs last year, made it again to... Uh, You know, the Phoenix race again in that final four, and then everything came apart for him. I mean, everything came apart for him in that race. The biggest surprise, I think, probably another one of those, William Byron, as many races as he won all season, and yet he was there toward the end, uh, made it, just didn't quite get it over the finish line to where they wanted that championship or they got that championship. But I have to go back and I have to really look at it that uh, probably Ryan Blaney was one of my biggest surprises this year. Uh, Did I expect him to win a championship? No. Early on in the season, I kind of expected a a kind of a so-so performance from Penske Racing this year, especially with Ryan Blaney. Um, I would have expected it from Joey Logano. Uh, There's one that we could throw into the disappointment thing. Um, I could throw that in there, too, and just say Joey Logano was – A big disappointment this past year for uh, Penske Racing uh, not making the playoffs. And, uh, you know, getting back to the same thing. The biggest surprise, um, I'd have to include Denny Hamlin in there. i include Denny Hamlin on big surprise and biggest disappointment because there he showed up and we thought, well, gosh, we were talking in October. He may be going to win the championship. It seems like they've got all their ducks in a row and they're ready to go. And then everything fell apart for him. And then that one race that he, I think he pulled the DNF before uh, the season going in, before they even got to uh, Martinsville, somewhere in there, before they got to Martinsville, he ended up pulling the DNF. Uh, That didn't help him any. Uh, That was one of those that just, that cost him down the line. And he admits it now. He admits it, you know, that they just kind of lost focus of the prize where they were where they were hoping to go to. So I kind of give a, a plus and a
1: negative to Denny Hamlin on that. One other surprise, he only raced uh, very limited this year, but he did win a race uh, and now looking for a full-time ride in the next couple of years. Shane Van Gisenberg, he came out of nowhere, uh, won in Chicago on the streets of Chicago, the mean streets. Oh. Um, and uh, and, and uh, some of the other drivers said, man, he made that look easy. <laughs> yeah. To a point did. where they were embarrassed. <laughs> he, he, he So he's looking for a ride. Uh, what's the latest on him and, uh, you know, where he came, his, his, uh, you know, Cinderella story coming out of nowhere. Well, you know, where he came out of Australia,
0: he's, it wasn't really much of a disappointment per se. Uh, <clears throat> Marcus Ambrose was really good when he came over from Australia. He ran in the Supercar Series. Came to Richard Petty. I think he only managed to pull one win off while he was racing for Richard Petty. But, you know, um, he's going to be competing. He's aiming to compete in 2025. I know there were a lot of people hoping he would probably compete in the 2024 season. But he told um, Speed Cafe, it's a website, magazine, he told him, it sounds like I'm going to be doing a lot of races for 2024 and then also leading into 2025 when they said that that's going to be a part-time schedule though maybe 20 races you know it's more than what they do in Australia full-time so but he wants to get as much experience as possible he wants to be in the cup series in America in 2025 uh, he would confirm that his commitment referred to full-time cup competition I know that Trackhouse is trying to get him right now to kind of do a series of truck races xfinity races maybe even some arca races to try to get him some experience along the line to help him out for 2025 Uh, so right now he'll probably likely make the move to the united states in mid-december which will be around two to three weeks after the supercar season finale uh, over in Australia, that'll be the Valeo Adelaide 500 is what he's going to be competing in over there. And for folks that don't know what the supercar series is, very similar to NASCAR. They just run different nameplates, although some of them are GM, some of them are Ford, uh, but they run the supercar series, very similar to NASCAR over in Australia.
1: And you know, the the, I, the the reason that he would need to build up to 2025, and I can see this a very smart move on his part. If he's not used to racing that grueling NASCAR schedule, it's not about he's won a NASCAR race, so I mean, he could he, he can compete at the top level, uh, in any given uh weekend, either a Saturday or a Sunday. uh but it's the grind of the NASCAR schedule that he would not be used to, and he's going to have to build up. He's kind of like you know i'm thinking about the equivalent of a, a minor league baseball player working their way up to the major leagues you know you, you, you it's 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 as much about you know being able to do it from february to november as it is just winning one race so that's that's a pretty smart and got it it's got to be tough because i'm sure there are offers out there and he can make a lot of money next year but if you if you want to do it right take your time and get there when you're ready yeah and i, I agree with that i think
0: that's what he needs to do uh, like you said, I, you know, it takes, it takes a special breed to do a 36 race schedule plus do some testing in between of what they do have of testing. And then all these other requirements, you know, he's going to be kind of starting from ground level on promoting himself. There's going to be, you know, race fans that know who he is and everything because he won Chicago, but he's going to have to build up an audience. And this is what he's going to have to do and uh yeah it's going to take him some time and everything hey I, I kind of compare it to this thing of the situation right now with josh Dobbs, who has gone to minnesota i mean look at how many teams he's been with yeah. uh i knew he was a great quarterback when he came out of uh the ncaa and out of tennessee even though it was under butch jones he was a really good quarterback he didn't get his chance in pittsburgh because he had to play second fiddle to ben roethlisberger you know and so that's one. Then they end up, I mean, he goes back. I think he ends up going with Pittsburgh again, I think, at one time. Then here in the latest, he went to Arizona, didn't make it at Arizona too well for what they were looking for, then shows up in Minnesota, and now they're 2-0 and under his you know, uh, leadership as quarterback. So I think that's one of the things. You're going to have to take some lumps. And yeah, I think they're expecting that for him to take some lumps either on the Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, the ARCA, they're they're taking that in consideration. They know the talent's going to be there. It's just a matter of getting him ready to be able to display
1: that talent, what he's capable of on a full-time basis. Josh Dobbs equivalent to Shane Van Gisenbergen in one sense. Uh, Van Gisenbergen won his race in Chicago, first race in NASCAR. Um, right. Josh Dobbs won his first uh, start with Minnesota. Uh, he hadn't even run a snap in practice with the Vikings that week because they were trying to prepare another backup quarterback to be the starter. And he didn't even know all of his teammates' names and he won a game. <laughs> so
0: Yeah, and I think it was even wild too that he came to the uh, you know, their uh their facility up there, the stadium and everything. He came for the game that day. And the the people, the ushers and the security people, they gave him a rough time. They were like, who? who are you, who are you, why are you supposed to be here? And finally they got past that. Now they know who he is. So I don't know if we've jinxed him for, you know, week three or his week three in the NFL this time around with the, with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. I don't know. We'll have to see, but you know, got a bunch of them up there talking about playoffs before it's over with, you know, some possibility of, Hey, he may lead us to the playoffs, but you know, that's, I don't know, it, it's a little bit early on to be able
1: to call that one right now, I think. If, if we've got the power of the jinx, we need to wield it wisely. Um, let's see, I'll start talking good about Alabama football, do basketball Oh boy, I can have some fun with that. So let's let's have that power of a jinx. I want to. I well, we,
0: you know, in one way, when <laughs> we started saying that we wouldn't talk about Denny Hamlin, is when we jinxed him and he started doing not so good after that. So there may be a possibility. A little
1: bit. Fittingly, we'll finish this podcast. A couple of items about Kevin Harvick. I say fittingly, we'll finish with because he finished his full time career in NASCAR this year, a seventh place finish in Phoenix in the last race. Uh, but there is some i there is some hint that he may uh, I' because I, I, I couch what I said there uh, very carefully, full-time career. He may want to race a little bit more, just not full time
0: right. And I think what he's doing is he's kind of getting the feel of whether or not he's going to do something maybe with a race team or whatever he wants to do or his own race team. But, um, you know, they asked him during the last full-time uh, competition weekend at Phoenix you know what he was going to be doing and what he was going to do besides going into the booth uh, for fox and working for them next year in the the spring series of races uh harvick said i'm not sure yet the door's open he said "Uh, i'm not going to drive cup ever again i can't be competitive i can't make myself go there and say i'm looking for a top 30 so and understand that i understand that right now where he's coming from uh you'd be lucky to run 30th i think the way that things are and the way things are changing but when it came to the truck series and it came to the xfinity series he's a part co-owner in a series the cars tour that i think he and dale earnhardt jr and i think another driver kind of uh went in on all together and uh so they co-own the cars tour and you know he believes that when it comes time to scratch that itch if he's got the itch to get back into a race car he can either do it maybe in the car series sort of like what dale earnhardt jr is doing off and on at select races or you know maybe he thinks the xfinity stuff is probably a little bit more interesting he He's worried more, I think, right now about doing a great job for Fox, and I think he will do a great job for Fox. I think it's going to bring a little more energy and a little more—how can I say this? A little more in-depth kind of um, coverage. At least we we get it from Clint Boyer on one hand, but now that you got Kevin Harvick in there, you're going to get Mister Excitement sort of himself. Kevin Harvick can get really excited about talking about a race car. But at the same time, he can really let you know the ins and outs about that race car and how that race car is running, even from being up there in the booth. So I think he's going to try to do the best job he can. Uh, Once he gets settled in, by the time he gets to June, he said that maybe we can fit this in. Looks like a good weekend. Maybe we can do it. But he said, I think I could race the super late model series during the week because they have a lot of Tuesday night races and Thursday night races but I need to drive it first to find out what he's going to do. So he's still got some driver in him. Uh, The driving piece is still there for him, but he's not exactly sure where it's going to come to being yet. Uh, I look for him, like he said, that late model series, at least during the week and then possibly after June, opening up maybe a race or two maybe a month or two, uh, you know, see how he's going to do on the Xfinity series and just enjoy himself, have some fun. I think that's what Dale jr is trying to do right now. And I think he's trying to get back a little bit of that competitiveness that he kind of had to take, uh, you know, kind of a backseat to after he was ruled with that concussion and so forth that they thought he'd never race again, or they thought he would not be racing, uh, yeah, we saw Dale Jr. and we saw what Dale Jr. was capable of even this past season when he was running at Bristol. Uh, A lot of great things. And I think Kevin Harvick could do the same thing too.
1: You know what else I think Kevin Harvick can bring to the booth? I think he can bring a little shake and bake. Uh, oh, yeah. The Clint Boyer. Yeah, the last item we'll talk about, you, you, you phrased it when we were talking about what we put on the show. It's either art imitates life or life imitates art. This, folks, is a true story. (laughs) He is buying. It's just not made up. It's just not made up. Just tell people what Kevin Harvick is buying. He's buying the six point. Was it six point
0: five or something like (laughs) that? Six point seven million dollar mansion that was featured in Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. (laughs) And I'll, you know, we saw the house. Uh, everybody, you know, kind of thought that, Hey, this nah, it was all stage, you know, the house and everything, but no, they, this was an actual house that they did some of the filming in the outside shots and so forth. And yeah, he bought it. I, you know, I was like, wow, he bought this house. What's he, you know, what's he going to use it for? Well, of course he's going to use it to live in, but it kind of caught me off guard when he did that. I was just in shock that he was going to go and he was going to buy such a thing. And, uh, you know. As you can tell right now, the dogs are real happy about that, too, because they're going off back here in the background a little bit, uh, thanking Kevin Harvick for probably buying this house and making it famous again. There's just one other thing I wanted to add about it. It's a 12,000-square-foot home that has six bedrooms, nine bathrooms, wow, an infinity pool, boat dock, and four-car garage, among other features, $6.75 million. And it's in a gated community on Lake Norman. And if you're ever heading down there on the interstate, uh, Lake Norman there around Cornelius, North Carolina, you kind of come edge to edge the road with the lake right there. And you see a lot of nice houses right there on Lake Norman. And that's where a lot of the drivers, uh, they have their homes down there. And I'm telling you, he, he got a good one is what he did. He got a good house out of this, even though, you know, the like I said the mansion is real he's you know he's doing it all he's enjoying it he's gonna he's going all the way to the bank with this one on 6.75 million
1: as long as he doesn't run around uh on the track of some of those late model races on Tuesdays uh in his right. tidy whities, uh we'll yeah. know everything's okay right
0: <laughs> yeah we don't we don't need to see him like that one other note we want to I want to point out too that uh you know asking uh you know even listeners and stuff if you are familiar with about the name ken squire uh you know him to be the voice uh for a long time on cbs of the daytona 500 uh he was one made the famous call when bobby allison donnie allison kale yarborough they all got into it there uh there in the turn and uh ended up the the race being won on that uh, snowy weekend um well sources are saying now that uh he had not shown up, or he was not available for a particular. I think it was a New England Sports Hall of Fame sort of uh, thing that they were having about uh, racing. Uh, but he is now Ken Squire has entered into hospice care following numerous health challenges over the past few years. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's had uh, he's had a stroke. And then also some other issues. Uh, According to his daughter, Ashley Jane Squire, an update on our passionate and vibrant father, Ken Squire. uh, Dad is now in hospice care, resting peacefully and surrounded by the love of friends, family and his dog. They are hoping to move him. This was of uh, today, the 15th, hoping to move him from the hospital to his home nestled in the mountains of central Vermont um after such big and bold adventures it seems inconceivable that one tiny intestinal blockage could fell him like it has but uh, yeah we've we've kind of been on that end ourselves here our family has but the family is deeply grateful for so many of you who are praying for peace for dad and comfort for us and and i'm going to admit it i you know i'm going to miss the man when the man does pass away i'm going to miss him Uh, I know some of the legends that were up there that day uh, for the New England Racing Museum. Uh, It was supposed to be in this past Sunday. Uh, Ken Squire, Mike Joy, Dick bergren that was just to name a few. Jack Arute was another one and MC Alan Bestwick. And I'm familiar with Alan Bestwick from my time in radio when I worked uh, the local radio scene. And I had to talk to Alan Bestwick on a semi-regular basis, either for ABC Radio Networks or MRN when he was working there and so uh the, you know they had a big lineup for that but uh definitely missing from the lineup was none other than Ken Squire so we hope everything goes all right with uh, Ken Squire and also thoughts with the family on this because it's going to be a big loss when he does pass away i know people haven't heard him for a long time maybe on the air but you know he just had that voice he had that voice for racing no doubt
1: about it yeah, he was the voice of racing for a generation. There, no doubt about that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, gr- good way to end that uh, the the show. And boy, this this wraps the twenty twenty three NASCAR season. Hard to believe, uh, just a couple months away from starting right back up. So, um, yep. uh, you know, it's just the way the way the world turns. We'll we'll get pe- get people caught up on the comings and goings, and get them ready for Los Angeles, and then Daytona, and whoever whatever else is coming up. It'll be be a lot of fun, but Rod, this has been a another fun season for us to do this podcast. I want to thank you as always for sharing your time and your insight each week to help us figure things out. I appreciate it, Chris, and I appreciate the people that download and listen to the
0: podcast and everything, and follow the podcast. I know we've got some loyal followers out there. We've got some, you know, some good numbers out there, and you know, more than anything else, we just try to give it to you from a different perspective. I think you you see it on Fox and you see it on some of these other, uh, different kinds of podcasts. I'm just going to tell you, I listened to a couple of podcasts one night for, for racing. And, uh, Oh, wow. I, I'm not meaning to brag or anything, but you hosting more than anything else, it was head and shoulders above what I listened to one night. It sounded like, uh, somebody going and using just an old tape recorder just to record everything with. I know that we, uh, We try to do the best we can with it, and uh, I think for a lot of people, I think uh, we're happy that those people listen and and so forth and follow the podcast, and we hope you'll continue to do so for the future next year. That is, if you're all going to have
1: me around by next year so. (laughs) Well, kind words there from Rod for our listeners out there. Uh, Any questions, anything to uh, share with us, anything you want us to look into uh, for future podcasts, please email me at chris at augustafreepress.com.